Welcome to the show about your kid's secret life, an inside peek at what today's kids are really doing online and with technology. Each week, you'll hear the latest trends and get tips to keep them safe while keeping your sanity. So here are your hosts, cybersecurity experts, best-selling authors, and parents of four teens, Lisa and Chris Good. Hey everyone, welcome to the show that lets you see behind the curtain of what today's kids are doing with technology. I'm your host, Lisa Good. Just in time for the new school year, there's a new social media challenge, of course. It's called the Bulletproof Challenge. While the name sounds scary, it's not a physical challenge, at least not yet. Now this challenge is pretty simple. The user picks LaRue's 2010 hit, Bulletproof. Then they put white text on their video that says, you think you can hurt my feelings? Then they stare straight into their camera as rainbow lights flash and they name or talk about the experience that they went through that made them bulletproof. Now I've seen some of these videos that are harmless, like there was this young girl who Her bulletproof experience was suffering through five days of Disney World with her two younger brothers. But I've also seen several that are traumatic, like the young man who said he watched his father die after they were in a car accident, or the girl who said her uncle is molesting her. Yikes. Now from what I've seen, the more dramatic and traumatic the videos, the more likes and the higher up in the feed it goes. So if your kids are getting these in their TikTok feeds, they're seeing the most dramatic and traumatics. Now at this time, the Bulletproof Challenge has more than 1 million videos on TikTok. All the young popular influencers that your kids are probably following are participating in this challenge. And this challenge isn't just confined to young kids. I've seen adult TikTok users airing out their past traumas as well, including talking about adultery and their physical abuse in detail. Now, as a parent, you should know that these videos are searchable on Google and other search engines. And depending on what your kids share, it could have serious repercussions, not just for their academic future, but for their career future as well. The other aspect of this challenge is that not all the comments are positive and uplifting. So if your child has been through a horrific or traumatic experience, reading some of the comments that others post may make their mental condition worse. Just a heads up, okay. Now that school's back in session, let's look at the five most popular dating apps that tweens and teens are using right now. We're gonna start with the apps that don't categorize themselves as dating apps and that your kids request and say they're using them to chat with their friends. Now, since these aren't listed as dating apps on the app stores, any monitoring software you have may not flag them, just so you know. Now, number one is Yobo, an app that has garnered the nickname Tinder for Teens. If you don't know what Tinder is, it's the app that college and young adults prefer for dating and hooking up. Yobo gives kids a platform to do something similar, talk to strangers on the internet, and meet up in real life. Or, as Yobo's creators claim, you can make new friends. 
Now, back in February, the FBI issued a warning about the dangers associated with this app. Among them were child pornography, lewd and lascivious battery, and obscene communication. Now, Yobo isn't a brand new app. It was formerly known as Yellow, and it has more than 20 million users. According to Yobo, users have to be over the age of 13 and must have parental permission to join. To further protect young people, teenage Yobo users are supposed to have their own community that is separate from adults who use the app. But that doesn't mean that adults posing as teens can't gain access to that community or that a teenager posing as an older person doesn't have access to the other communities. Now, just to put Yobo's safety and protection policies to the test, I decided to try this app out for myself. It took me about five minutes to set up a fake and unverified profile on Yobo. That's when the real fun began. I was presented with images of teens who seemed to have interests other than chatting about Fortnite and other typical teenage stuff. So I continued to explore the app, clicking on the live stream feature. And this took me to a harmless looking video of a girl live streaming who looked like she was 14, sitting on her bed brushing her hair. Then a message popped up from another Yobo user on the screen requesting that the girl show her boobs. And this young girl complied. I immediately shut down the app and I sat there horrified. I have a 14-year-old daughter, and I wondered if this young girl's mother knew what she was doing on this app. And then I was angry. By definition, this video on Yobo constitutes child pornography. The Yobo app says nudity is banned, but there are obviously very few controls in place to prevent it, especially when you're live streaming. Anybody of any age with any intentions could have watched that video as easily as I did. Not to mention, they could have been recording it and then posting it other places online. And there's no telling what other types of activities are being live streamed on the app. Now, I know I'm not the only one who's encountered this. So I did some research on the Yobo app after my shocking experience and found news on arrests in St. Petersburg, Florida, where Clayton Colborn, a 28-year-old, lured a 13-year-old girl to two meetups by posing as a 16-year-old named Jason. And then in Reading, Ohio, police arrested Joshua Pennington, a 26-year-old who faked his age on Yobo, then sexually exploited a 12-year-old girl he met. According to police, these two also use Snapchat and Facebook Messenger to meet and assault other minors. Now, in an effort to give the appearance of concern for kids' internet safety, Yobo has hired Annie Mullins, the co-founder of the Trust Plus Safety Group, which is an online safety organization, one that's supposed to be looking out for your kids, by the way. Here's what she has posted on Yobo's blog. Our advice for young people is to put the brakes on and take a moment before sharing personal information, like where you live, where you go to college, your phone number, or your email address with someone you've only chatted to a few times online. 
it's often best to err on the side of caution and keep certain personal details to yourself. That's what advice that she gave. Now, while that's good advice, there are two issues here. One, she talks about basic internet safety, but never addresses the dangers on their platform. Like, oh, by the way, don't take your clothes off on the live stream feed because you don't know who's watching, who's recording, and where that video might end up. Also, don't request anyone else to take their clothes off or do anything illegal or dangerous on the live stream. And be careful because people can lie about their age and pretend to be someone they aren't. No, she didn't give that advice. And the second issue with Mrs. Mullins, the safety advocate, that there is that they're paying her to say what they want her to say, not to give real honest advice. If they weren't paying her and she didn't have a vested interest, she would have included all the information that I just gave you about the platform, the don't take your clothes off, be careful about the live stream, people pretend to be people they're not. So that advice that I just gave is good advice for people of all ages on every platform that has live streaming. Now, earlier this year, Yobo launched a private chat feature to target parents' concerns about their kids' information going public, like where they live or where they go to school. So this new feature triggers a pop-up when someone types in a phrase like such as, I live in Nashville. So it would prompt the user with two choices, delete message or send anyway. So what this does is it gives your kids or whoever the user is a chance to change their mind about posting that information. Now this is all done through artificial intelligence, so it's not 100% foolproof. However, it is attempting to raise awareness and it's better than nothing. Now I also noticed a recent post on their support page that reads, Someone has used Yobo to contact my child or student for sexual purposes. Who should I report it to? Yobo's response to this request advised the user to contact the police and to report the profile. Now, just so you know, you can contact the police, but they are going to tell you that there's nothing they can do for you. Unless your child has been physically harmed, there really isn't much your local police can do. And just like I told you, I was able to set up a fake profile on Yobo. I'm sure that the people who are searching and seeking out minors, they can do the same thing. So I do suggest you report the issue to Yobo, but you need to know that A, they might be able to not find them because they're probably using a fake account and B, all they're going to do is just shut them down and that person's going to set up a new account. So in this case, the most important thing you can do is talk to your kids about what's appropriate, what's not, and really you have to make a parental decision on whether or not your kids should even be on Yobo. Now my personal op opinion is no, they should not. All right, so we're going to move on to number two, and that is Meet Me. Now Meet Me also carries the nickname of Tinder for Teens. This app's tagline is to meet, chat, and have fun with new people. Meet Me focuses on creating new relationships with complete strangers online, including the option to meet those in your local area. And this is particularly why this app can be dangerous. 
I've heard some kids telling their parents that all their friends use this app to plan outings in an attempt to get their parents to say yes to let them have this app. Now, Meet Me offers a feature that allows users to meet face-to-face -face instantly. It's kind of like um, the FaceTime on Apple. Meet Me has this feature, along with texting, videos, and email chats. The app says it's for 17 plus, but again, there's no age verification feature, so really anyone can sign up for a profile. Number three is Kix, which is a free messaging app, just like text messaging, that allows users to instantly share text messages, images, videos, and more. Now this app doesn't focus on dating, so it doesn't throw up red flags to parents like a Tinder type app does, which is why teens like to use this one. It's fairly easy for teens to connect with one another, there's also a group search feature that makes it easy to find people who share similar interests. So if you have a kid that's into Minecraft or Roblox, they can find others who are into the same thing. Now be aware, Kix users can create usernames that are often more difficult to trace. And Kix is also pretty well known as a place for sexting with the hashtags like Kick me or kicks delivering lots of results on platforms like Twitter. Now, number four is hot or not. Now this app's age policy claims that no one under 13 can make a profile, but again, it also lacks age verification. So really anyone can create a profile and adults are able to pose as young people. So there's no telling who your kid is dealing with on this app. The app's focus is on allowing users to rate the attractiveness of others based on their submitted photos. Kids know this, so they tend to submit photos that are edited and or provocative in an effort to get rated hot. Now, if you have a good monitoring tool in place, this app should be flagged and you should be notified that your kids are trying to download it. And then number five is Tinder. Now this is referred to as the dating app for adults, but you'd be surprised of how many teens are actually on the platform. Even though the age requirement is 18 for Tinder, all your kid has to do is figure out what the right month and year to put in to make themselves look like they're 18. Now needless to say, this can expose them to much older and more sophisticated online users. Now, Tinder works like a game where users swipes right to like on a profile or a left to pass. And basically, if someone you swiped right on swipes right for you, it's set up as an instant match. And then once matched, users have the opportunity to direct message each other. As long as you have your monitoring tools set up to not allow dating apps, this app should not show up on your kids' phones. However, if your kids are using a burner phone, they can be on this app and they could also have a profile on a friend's phone if that friend's parents doesn't monitor or use parental controls. The best thing you can do is check your kids' devices, use monitoring tools, and have frequent conversations about living life in this digital world. All right, stay tuned. We'll be back in just a few. Wouldn't it be great to stay up to date without being overwhelmed? 
It's possible and easy. Just sign up for our free cyber alert emails. We take the guesswork out of knowing what's going on with kids and technology. We provide the essentials that parents, grandparents, and adults working with children should know in today's digital world. Just visit yourkidssecretlife.com forward slash radio and sign up today. Well, if your kids play Fortnite and they are in a really bad mood, it's probably because both Apple and Google have dropped the game from their app stores. The horror, I know. Epic, the company behind Fortnite, has apparently breached the app developer terms and conditions with both companies and is now suing them both, claiming they're a monopoly. It will be interesting to see how this one plays out. Now, your kids can still get the game directly from Epic's website, but it's been said to not run as smoothly. So, just know that this is tough news for kids, just like the possible TikTok ban. And be prepared for wailing and gnashing of teeth in your house if your kids are already engaged with this game or TikTok and things don't go back to normal, or at least their normal. Now, I've already talked with parents whose kids are threatening meal strikes, school strikes, and death if TikTok is banned. Seriously? Over an app. Folks, I don't even know what to say on that. All right, moving on. It's a new week and a new adventure for the influencers that many of your kids follow. YouTubers, the Stokes twins, have been charged and could face up to four years in state prison for their role in two fake bank robberies. What? Well, Alan and Alex Stokes are popular internet pranksters who have over 4.8 million followers. The charges against them are for incidents that took place in October of 2019. The 23-year-old brothers pretended to rob a bank, and then they ordered an Uber. The Uber driver refused to pick them up. A witness to the exchange believed the brothers had actually robbed a bank and were attempting to carjack the driver, and they called the police. When the police arrived, they ordered the Uber driver out at gunpoint, but realized that he wasn't involved, and they let him go. I'm telling you what, if I were that Uber driver, I'd be suing those kids. Well, the district attorney's office said police issued a warning to the brothers and let them go. Hours later, police received emergency calls from citizens about two bank robbers on the University of California, Irvine campus. The district attorney said these were not pranks. These are crimes that could have resulted in someone getting seriously injured or even killed. Law enforcement officers are sworn to protect the public, and when someone calls 911 to report an active bank robbery, they're going to respond to protect lives. Instead, what they found was some kind of twisted attempt to gain more popularity on the internet by unnecessarily putting members of the public and police officers in danger. Now, in a video posted to their YouTube channel, which had over 1.4 million views, and it's since been deleted, it shows the brothers dressed in all black with ski masks on and duffel bags of cash, real cash, pretending to rob a bank. 
The video also shows bystanders calling the police and video of the police arriving at the scene. It's a crazy video. I did get a chance to see it. Now, the brothers are each being charged with one felony count of false imprisonment affected by violence, menace, fraud, or deceit, as well as one misdemeanor count of falsely reporting an emergency. Can you imagine the consequences if someone would have gotten shot by the police or run over by a police car or run over by any car? They said people were stopping in the middle of the street. It's, it's just insane to me. Now, while some of the brothers' pranks are just silly, if you've been to their YouTube channel, some of them are really silly. But what I've noticed is that, is that they've been ramping up their pranks because, after all, there are younger influencers out there now, and they're trying to stay on top. So it's important to know who your kids are following and watching but it's even more important to have conversations with them about what they're seeing. Kids are impressionable, and if they see these two getting millions of likes for a video, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if kids would think to themselves, hey, me and my friends can do that, and we could even do it better. And that will catapult us to viral fame. Now, in the same week, another one of YouTube's most prominent influencer pranksters, Jake Paul, had his home raided by the FBI. There's video footage of them coming out with guns and electronics. They also raided one of his friend's house and left with similar items. The complete details of what he did and why he's being investigated are currently sealed by the FBI. These influencers have to keep upping the ante to stay famous and relevant. And you have to remember, your kids are watching. If you aren't talking to them about their world and what they see, you aren't going to be able to influence them for good. Now, in the past week, I've been asked by a lot of parents what I would recommend to monitor Snapchat. And here's my answer. Nothing. There is not a tool out there to date that effectively monitors Snapchat. And honestly, I don't believe there ever will be because Snap Inc., doesn't want there to be. The reality is that Snapchat was not created for kids. It was created for adults that wanted to hook up or those that wanted to send inappropriate photos or messages to each other and then have them self-destruct or disappear. You know, the famous deleting vid videos and pictures. So here are some recent headlines about Snapchat. And when I say recent, I mean in the last 12 months. This is their news. 13-year-old kidnapped, assaulted, murdered, and set on fire by a man she met on Snapchat. Next headline. 19 and 14-year-old kill teen after luring him out of the house via Snapchat. Next headline. 20-year-old arrested after raping 11 and 13-year-old he met on Snapchat. Next headline. 17-year-old girl raped at a party by three teens who posted videos and photos is in critical condition after attempted suicide. On Snapchat, North Carolina State University freshman sues Snapchat and Tinder after photos of her sexual assault keep appearing online. Can you imagine that? She was physically assaulted and 
the videos and photos keep appearing and Snapchat and Tinder won't take them down. How disgusting is that? 20-year-old charged in raping 12-year-old he met on Snapchat. He told her that he was 16 and she told him that she was 15. 13-year-old runs away with man she met on Snapchat who attempted to sell her into sex trafficking. Man poses as therapist or a counselor that works with kids on Snapchat and blackmails 13-year-old into sending explicit photos. High school coach arrested for child exploitation with four female students via Snapchat. Snapchat used to groom and sell 17-year-old sex trafficking victim. 21-year-old Snapchat drug dealer arrested on murder charges after selling fentanyl-laced pills as oxycodone to teens. One dies and the other almost dies and suffers brain damage. An 18-year-old right outside of Memphis was lured to his death by fake Snapchat date. They shot him three times in the back and stole his wallet. I could go on and on with these news headlines, but I want to give you just one more. Last June, a 21-year-old posed as a millionaire on Snapchat and convinced an 18-year-old that he had formed an online relationship with that he would pay her $9 million for a murder as long, it was, as long as it was photographed and videoed and sent to him via Snapchat. Not only did this young girl agree, but she recruited four of her friends to help her, promising them a cut of the money. And yes, she sent photos and videos. It wasn't until after she killed her friend who had a developmental disability, that she learned she had been duped or catfished. I hope they throw the book at those kids and put them in jail forever. But again, Snapchat. It's all about Snapchat, folks. There is nothing good, uplifting, or edifying about Snapchat. Nothing. I think it's time that we parents start asking ourselves some tough questions when it comes to Snapchat. Do your kids really need to have Snapchat? Can't they just text each other? If they have a smartphone, they can text. They don't have to have Snapchat. There are other things they can do besides Snapchat. It's time for us to have the conversation of what good comes from Snapchat. And why are we letting our kids participate in Snapchat? Why? Not that any of the other platforms are any better. I just think it's time that we as parents really sit down and have that conversation with ourselves and say, why are we doing this? Why are we letting our kids participate in this? What is the benefit of them doing this? And I go with the adage that my dad used to say to me when I'd say, oh, well, everyone else is doing it, dad. You know, I want to go to the concert because everyone else is going. Oh, I want to go to the dance because everyone else is going. Oh, I want to do fill in the blank because everyone else is doing it. My dad would say, Lisa, if everyone else is going to jump off the cliff, are you going to jump off the cliff too? If everyone else is going to jump off the bridge, are you going to jump off the bridge too? 
These companies don't care about our kids. All they care about is taking the data that they're gathering from them and selling it and also changing how they think and feel. That's the whole motivation behind social media. And I just think it's time that we as parents reevaluate why we let our kids participate. Thanks for listening to Your Kid's Secret Life with Lisa and Chris Good. To submit your questions, sign up for our free cyber alert emails, or for information on today's show, please go to yourkidssecretlife.com forward slash radio. You can also connect with us on Facebook at Your Kid's Secret Life.